And why am I here? I'm here to become more like my loving creator, to become more loving, more giving, more forgiving, more wise, more compassionate, more empathetic, more sympathetic, you know? And, and that's what I try to do every day, to become, to unfold and become more of, uh, of the goodness, you know? Welcome to Mysterious World. This is episode number 24, where I return to my conversation with Paul Kozak. And he tells the story of how he became a magician. Hey, fun seekers. Welcome to Mysterious World. And welcome back, if you've uh, not been here before. Welcome. None of that made any sense, but that's okay. It's the kind of place we are. We're in in the in the mysterious world that, you know, it's getting better. The world is getting better. I know you don't believe it all the time, but it is. Things are generally getting better. And I know many of you are stuck at home right now. And I hope you're using that time to better yourself. That's one of the focuses I've had. What can I do to be better at being me and for others? What can I do? There's so much I can need to do and I can do. So it's a long process. Welcome to it. I welcome it myself. Um... I'm going to get you guys, uh, I want to get you guys to interact a little more with this. Uh, so if you want to have a little incentive, we're going to play some games and have some things going on. The first of which is to send a message of what you've enjoyed in Mysterious World. Send a message to me in my studio. Send a message to thirdsightstudio at gmail.com. T-H-I-R-D-S-I-G-H-T studio at gmail.com. I'm in Hong Kong, if you uh, haven't uh, been here before, you didn't know that. And um, it is, for us, the end of COVID-19. We've gone pretty much without any new cases for a couple weeks now. Uh, the only cases on our radar come in at the airport, and then they quickly go into a quarantine. So within the city, things are stable. People are recovering. We've only had four deaths. We should have a big celebration. I hope you see that as a as a beacon of hope. Those of you who are in places that are in the thick of it, where people are suffering and confused, we will get past and through this, and we're going to make it a better world. So, I've got a lovely little story of how Paul Kozak uh, became a magician today. Uh, Paul Kozak is a magician in Hawaii. Uh, he has his own art gallery and theater 
So when you go to the, I think the big island is where he is, uh, you got to look him up, Kuna, Kona Kozi, and check that out. I have uh, taken to starting this show with a moment of silence, a moment of thought, a moment of reflection, a moment of thanks. And I want you to fill your hearts with love. Fill your hearts with love and gratitude. And uh, instead of a moment of silence, this time I'm going to bring you in to this moment with some music. Just some nice, soft stuff. And uh, while we're while we've got that going on, let's reflect on those we love and what we're thankful for. Here we go.
Somorit be, blessed be, Jai Guru Dev, Hare Krishna. So I'm going to make some changes um, in the format of the show. Uh, I'm enjoying doing this more often, and, and I've been weekly lately. Uh, originally, my 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 pact with myself was that I'd start doing this every other week, and now I've got it going on every week. So I better get some. I better keep this up. I'm I'm happy about it. I hope you guys are too. A couple things. Uh, I'm shortening the show. I'm going to bring it down to 45 minutes. I think people can focus on one thing or have something going for 45 minutes pretty effectively. And that's kind of the human segmented focal concentration time. If you go outside of 45 minutes, you start to lose people. Uh, I mean, I know I know some of you. It's three minutes. But um, you can do. You can do 45 minutes. You can focus that way that's that's what we um that's when we need a break generally it's about 45 minutes you read for 45 minutes you you know we do two hour movies but i bet 45 minutes in you start to zone out and you need a burst of explosions or something so um lots of things changing here at third sight studio i i got a little arm for my microphone and and uh moved around the tech in my studio because i'm doing a lot more stuff on zoom and over the internet, as I'm sure a lot of you are, I'm offering a meditation course. I'm doing classes on how to do magic, uh, not ritual magic so much as trickery magic, uh, uh, muggle magic, uh, making sleight of hand and those types of things. Uh, so if you follow my page, I'll be doing that again. If you follow my Facebook is probably where I'll post it, maybe on Instagram as well. Uh, if you want to find my Facebook you uh, just look for Stuart Palm, S-T-U-A-R-T-P-A-L-M. My professional page is Stuart Palm, psychic entertainer, hypnotist, I think. I figured out why my voice is so scratchy. Uh, I, I realized that it's because I'm wearing that mask all the time out. And in every conversation, I'm, I'm having to project more. So be mindful of your voice. Be mindful of how loud you need to be when you're wandering out about with a mask on. You can now um, pledge to Mysterious World. If you go to mysteriousworldpodcast.com, there is a button for Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a, is a great site that allows people to receive funding for projects that they do. You can go on Patreon and do monthly funding for this or many, many, many um, projects that people create. It helps me a lot, and... Um, if you go on there and pledge today, you will get a copy, a PDF copy of Beginner Pendulum Magic, my first book that's on the sales internationally. Uh, you also will get longer content. I'm going to put in the future, I'm going to cut the stuff back more and put longer versions on the Patreon for those of you who like to listen to more. Uh, in-depth conversations and uh, they're just going to be more stuff there I'm, I'm going to keep developing things to give to you and, and uh, content for you to download and enjoy also I'm probably going to put more splashy little weird music things like that part for the um, meditation uh, prayer piece there we have a nice conversation uh, finishing up my um, chat with 
Paul Kozak. Um, it's a great story about how he got started in performance and magic. And uh, if you want to learn some of that stuff, send us a message and I'll let you know when the next course I have over Zoom is. Um, but I'm not going to delay the conversation any longer. Let's jump into it. Enjoy my chat with the amazing Paul Kozak. You know something, Stuart? I think I should tell you the story of how I became a magician. I don't. I think would I've love told... to hear the story of how you became. A I don't think I've told you this story. Nope. Because it is quite mysterious. <laughs> I'm the oldest of four kids, okay. born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My father was a steel worker, you know, blue collar guy. My mother, I was a prom baby. My, I was, my, my parents had, uh, had sex at the prom and, uh, and I was conceived. Wow. And, and oddly enough, I was to repeat that. I was, a, I went to the junior prom, had sex for the first time in the backseat of a car and I, I became a father. Wow. <laughs> so, um, and my mother was an alcoholic and she was the real deal alcoholic, you know. Uh, back then, she never found her way into any recovery, not AA or anything. Uh, she was the real alcoholic. Um, uh, and in Pennsylvania, they don't have, you just can't go to the store and buy beer or liquor or wine. You know, they have state stores right. and, uh, and, and beer distributors. And my mother didn't have a car. She didn't have a driver's license and she didn't have a job. But she had to get her booze however she had to get her booze, you know, which was a variety of ways, you know. And um, <clears throat> needless to say, um, she became very alcoholic. And in those days, uh, the special white ambulance would come to the house and the men in the white coats with a gurney into the living room, five-point restraint on the gurney with a tongue depressor and haul her away to the mental health hospital, more more, more cross-addiction and barbiturates and sedatives, wow. electroshock therapy, send her back home. Countless times that happened, okay? So my childhood was filled with a loving father working two, three, four jobs trying to keep it all together. Um, me being the oldest, trying to take care of my siblings and my mother, you know, I'm trying to take care of her and she's insane, you know, and the, the chaos and the uh, mayhem and the uh, abuse, physical, mental, you know, it just, it was devastating. So I find myself at the age of 22 at this time and I'm in the Navy and I'm, I'm a cryptologist, okay? I had a great job and... Um, um, and I had a TS clearance, and I'm stationed in uh, suburbs of Philadelphia with a doing this very highly secretive work, you know, and uh, encryption. Cool. And I was on the ground floor of everything that we do on the internet right now. It was my team was involved with creating random number generators, and it was an exciting nice. time in my life, you know. Okay. And my, it, I'm 22 years old, and. Um, 
I, um, and I get a phone call from my father that my, my 17 year old brother, Gary had committed suicide as a result oh, of the, uh, of our childhood, you know? And a couple of weeks after that, my mother committed suicide. And a couple of weeks after that, my 14-year-old brother, Scott, committed suicide. Wow. And um, now I was raised a Catholic, okay? It was a good altar boy, you know, the whole deal. And I was told that God never gives you more than what you can handle. And when my father called me and told me about Scott, you know, I was still in the Navy in the barracks. And um, I remember um, dropping the phone and dropping to the floor and just screaming. I had some kind of a mental, emotional, spiritual, physical breakdown, you know. Um, and I was on the floor screaming to my innermost self with all the emotion and passion that I could possess screaming fuck you to God and I was writhing on the floor literally chewing the carpet screaming and um, in that moment a, um, a calmness a peace came over me that I describe as being cold as steel and that the depth of that of that experience was removed from me. I was completely non-emotional, like cold steel. And I stood up from the carpet and I moved on. I moved on. Right. I was able to move on. So as a result of these suicides, you know, I had a top secret security clearance. And um, it was like saving Private Ryan. They were sending me home to my father, firstborn, last remaining son, sending me home to my father in Pittsburgh, okay? I wanted to stay in the Navy. I wanted to do this job I was doing, you know? And um, they revoked my security clearance, and they put me on gate guard duty for 30 days to get mustered out of the Navy, okay? Now, I'm, 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 I'm... I'm very depressive right now. You know, I mean, I'm slightly insane because of what just happened, you know. Yeah. And I'm in a, I, and I'm going, what am I going to do? You know, uh, go back to Pittsburgh and what, work in a steel mill? You know, I didn't know. I was just, and I'm, they put me on gate guard duty, you know, saluting the cars as they come on the base from uh, midnight to 8 a.m. And nobody's coming on this base at that time of night. Right. And I fell asleep. I fell asleep on watch and I got written up and I went, you know, I got to get a book to read to stay awake during this thing. So I went to a bookstore, a regular bookstore. Now, I don't remember ever seeing a magician as a kid. Nobody ever did a trick to me. Never saw a magician on TV. I had no concept at all what magic was. Right. I go, I go to this bookstore and I, I see this book. It catches my eyes. I pick it up. It was a paperback book. The Amateur Magician's Handbook by Henry Hay. Nice. I pick up this book and I open it up and it was like I was struck by lightning, you know. I just knew, I just knew to the depth of my being that that's what I was born to be. I have no other way to describe it. Like being struck by lightning. And I bought that book and I took it back to the base and I... Uh, 
I, I, and I taught myself three tricks out of that book. And um, I went, I got discharged 30 days later. And um, I got to circle back to this in a moment, um, to this moment. And I got discharged, I went back to Pittsburgh and I started doing street magic in Pittsburgh. Me, Dennis Miller, Michael Keaton. So right when I say fuck you to God, to my innermost self, God gives, gives me these two greatest gifts, the book of magic and the laughter, the healing laughter of, uh, of Dennis and Michael, you know? And, um, Wait, I don't understand was, the Dennis and Michael connection. Are, are they friends of yours? Well, I knew Dennis when I was about 12 years old, and I'm doing street magic in front of the Oyster House in Market Square in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And Dennis, Dennis walked up to me, and he goes, Cozy, is that you? And I said, Dennis, is that you? Well, his nickname's Hebes. I called him Hebes. Hebes, is that you? He goes, what are you doing? I said, I want to be a magician. He goes, I want to be a comedian. I know another guy that wants to do comedy. Let me go get him. He went and got him. It was Keaton. So wow. that's what we that's what we started doing. We started doing street magic, you know, performing on the street. I would start it off because I could gather the crowd. And mm-hmm. then we would pass the hat. And then at night, we would go into Pittsburgh dive bars, just walk into a bar, take over the bar, put on a show, pass the hat. Because there weren't Beautiful. comedy clubs yet, you know. There weren't clubs yet, just New York and L.A. Yeah. So that's how that started, so... I love Tony. So I got I got to circle back to to Philadelphia. Okay, to, sure. uh, so I buy this book. I'm reading this book, and I see it mentions magic shops. So I get the yellow pages out, and I look, and there's a magic shop in two two magic shops in Philly at that time. Right. And one of them is Jack Channon. Okay. Yep. And um, thirteen thirteen Walnut Street. <laughs> Perfect. So I take the train down by myself, and I took and I and I'm walking down the streets, and I see thirteen thirteen Walnut Street, and but the storefront, it's you know like these row, you know the old old time, you know biz, row houses, you know businesses, and there's a cement stairway going up in between two businesses. Okay, so the one on the left is thirteen thirteen. And it's all soaped up, you know, the window's soaped over, you know, it's out of business. And I'm going, oh, right. God, is this the right address? And, I, and I'm looking around, I don't see anything. I cross the street to, to, to check. And when I cross the street, uh, my eye catches a little light on the second floor of this address. And in the windows, this little, a little neon sign that says tricks. <laughs> wow. And I go, oh. It's on the second floor. So I cross back cross street. I walk up the cement stairs. I go up the wooden stairs inside. And it's dark and it's dusty and it's musty. I get up to the top of the squeaky stairs. You know, they're all squeaky. And I make my left and there's a long hallway that goes down. Now, Jack must not have had any storage, you know, for his business because the hallway was filled with boxes, cardboard boxes from floor to ceiling on either side. So I had to kind of like go sideways down the hallway in between these boxes mm-hmm. and the smell, the dusty and the mustiness, you know. And I yep. see at the end of the hallway, there's a room and it's lit up. And in that room, there's a couch. And on that couch, this is 1977, mind you. And on this couch is a black guy. This is 77 before men shaved their heads, you know. 
who's a black guy on the couch and he's got a shaved head except for a ponytail coming out of the top of his head not the back out of the top of his head this long ponytail and he's got two gold hoops in his ears he looked like a genie you know wow. so i get this visual and he sees me come down the hallway and he just doesn't smile he's just staring at me and I walk into the room and I'm looking at him and I, and as I step into the room, I see that the room opens up to my right and there's the magic counter and there's Shannon on the other side of the counter and he has a customer. And Shannon and I made eye contact, okay? And our eyes never broke this contact. His left hand came up, he pushed this guy to the side. He gestured toward me to come towards him. I walked up to the counter. Our eyes never lost the lock. He reached down, he picked up a deck of cards, he riffled it, and he said, think of a card. He touched my forehead, and he said, the ten of clubs, and I almost shit myself. <laughs> I, I, he freaked me out so bad, Stuart, that I, I, I was overwhelmed. I had overwhelmed. I just... I was mystified, and I ran out of the store. <laughs> Beautiful. I ran out of the store hearing them howl <laughs> behind right. me. And um, in in retrospect, he knew. He just, he, he sized me up when I stepped in the room. This is absolutely fresh meat, you know? Yep. And I remember the card, the fucking Ten of Clubs. I remember this like it's a movie, all the details, okay? We'll be back after a few messages from our sponsors. Are you experiencing high levels of stress, anxiety, or feeling scattered? Do you wish you had more time and a way to drain all the negative thoughts from your mind? Do you want to know how you could get high? without anything toxic whatsoever? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, then mindlessness meditation might be right for you. Contact us at Third Sight Studio about mindlessness meditation today. That's right. Mindlessness. It's a process that will obliterate your anxiety and drop your stress levels so you can let go and live in bliss. Seriously. No matter what you do, whether you contact us at thirdsightstudio at gmail.com today or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Third Sight Studio or simply send us a message now. Whether you experience mindlessness or not, find a meditation practice that works for you and start giving yourself an unconscious hug. Mindlessness. Anyway, the whole point of that story is that um, it was my divine destiny to be a magician, that this is all a gift from the universe, you know, and the greatest gift of all was to have that level of to be to be that mystified at that deep level, you know, where it shook me to my core. You know, the reason why I ran is because it just it just opened up. What is, you know, just that, what is this, you know? 
Is there such a thing as real magic? How did he know that that's what I was thinking, you know? That was one of the, that was a gift. And I try to do that to my audience every night to give them that gift, you know, of deep mystery, you know? That's the stuff, man. So, you know, I told that story once backstage at the World's Greatest Magic Show. We were just, you know, in between shows and in the dressing room and... I told the story, and Kevin James, you know Kevin James, right? Yeah. Kevin James, very generous, loving man, probably my best friend in magic. And, and for those and, listening, uh, you, you've probably seen a clip of Kevin James. Uh, the most widely known one is uh, from America's Got Talent, probably when he does the bit where he there's someone... As an, he's in a, as a doctor character. Somebody comes on stage, and they lie down, and he... Uh, cuts off their legs with a chainsaw and then they stand up on their hands and you can see that they, you know, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great, bit. It's a great, yeah. beautiful visual thing. And it's, and uh, so go look at that. That's who Kevin James is. He's a great entertainer. And yeah, there's Kevin James, the comedian who is also a dear friend of mine and Kevin James, the magician. So. But you mean the magician, right? Yes. Yeah. Do the okay. mean the magician, but so Kevin's a very generous, loving man, and he, and he always bequeaths me a very elegant, expensive Christmas present, you know. It's, well, you know, we, we made our national television debut together on CBS many, many, many years ago, so we've been friends nice. that long. And um, so the following Christmas, you know, uh, he gives me an envelope, and I'm thinking, where's my big goddamn gift, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And it's just an envelope, and I open up the envelope, and there's just a, a, a DVD disc in there with no label on it or nothing, just a disc. So I take it home, and I put it in the in my uh, video recorder, and I'll be damned. I don't know where Kevin got this at. It's an eight it's eight millimeter footage that he had dropped on a DVD of what I just described to you. It's a street scene from standing outside of Channon's place of business, and you see the soaked-up window. The camera pans up, and you see the uh, neon trick sign in the window. And the camera's going up the stairs and down the hallway. And when it steps into the hallway, there's Jack behind the counter. And Jack just runs through his repertoire of bombing and manipulation and thimbles and silks and cigars. And it's all silent, and it's just... An amazing piece of footage. I don't know where Kevin ever got it from. Nice. It's it's not common footage in the magic community, and it's one of my treasured gifts. And anyway, that's how I became a magician. You know, uh, it's you know, like I said, it's my destiny, and um, and it's an amazing thing to be fulfilling it. And um, and I can't wait to get back up on stage again. <laughs> yeah, that never goes away, does it? Right. <laughs> so, um, you, when you moved to Hawaii, is that when you kind of changed from a, a more trick based show to a more, um, mind reading based show? No, I had already been dipping into that for the five years and I was in Atlantic City, you know, um, right. um, uh, I had already gone down down that. You know, I'm um I I can I, I like to consider consider myself to be a general practitioner in the world of magic. I've yeah. done everything from close up to street, the grand illusion, to, and I and I've also done the straight stand up comedy without any magic as well. You know, yeah. 
And I, I have what I'm you well don't old. have that both those communities have um, is that snarky sensibility. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm amongst a lot of, and I, and I do, I dabble in stand-up comedy as well. I really enjoy okay. getting on stage with nothing but wit and talking to an audience. Um, but, but whenever I'm in the community of either one of those groups, a group of magicians or a group of comedians, that ego, one-upmanship, snarky <laughs> sensibility yes. gets me down. I, I don't know how, I am not physically made for that game. And so it make it really makes me feel outside. Uh, uh, you don't have that, and I, it's, that's a that's a gift. Well, you know, I used it. to have it, and that's well. It, <clears throat> I used to be that way. Well, for God's sakes, look who my best friend in, in stand-up comedy was was Dennis Miller. You know, uh, yeah, that's right. Mr. And and also, Jesus, you know, when I was based out of L.A., you know, here's the crew that I was uh, involved in. You know. David Spade, Mr. Snark as well, you know, the yeah. Spudster. Spade, Rob Schneider, um, Adam Sandler, Gary Shandling, you know, those those are my running buddies, you know, that's that's the crew I was involved in. So, you know, when you're hanging with guys like that, you have to be that way, you know. Uh, yeah. The sarcasm, the cynicism, the, you know, you, ha you, have to, you have to be that way. But I'm also professional, so... You know, uh, uh, I, you know, you just learn this by doing, you know, my show was vastly different in Birmingham, Alabama than it was in Buffalo, New York, than it was in New York City, you know, in right. L.A. You know, I look what's in front of me and I make my adjustments to that. That's on a professional level, you know, on a personal level. When I got sober 20 years ago, this is what happened to me. Yeah. So I get sober and I start to live a spiritual life, you know, that, yeah. you know, on March the 7th of 2001, I cried out to my innermost self, innermost self to God to please help me because my alcoholism and drug addiction had overcome me and I was dying. And, yeah. you know, when I when I cried out to God that night to my innermost self, the same way that I, I cried out, fuck you to God that night, you know, when when Scott died, I felt a. And rather than being cold steel, I uh, I felt a, a gentle warmth of a presence on my right shoulder and a loving whisper in my ear that said, Paul, it's over. And the compulsion to drink and the in uh, the in um, the, uh, you know, was lifted from me by right by grace, you know, that's great, man. So, you know, and it was it was the exact opposite of what happened that day. Rather than cold steel, this was a loving warmth, you know. So when yeah. that happened to me and I got out of rehab and I finally started to go back to, to back up on the boards on stage, I was having spiritual emotional hangovers from my performance the night before the next day. I can't believe I said that and I did that. I started to live a, an aware an awareness of a spiritual life, okay? And and I couldn't I couldn't be that guy anymore. I had changed. And because nice. I had changed, I had to change everything else about me. So right. that's when I quit doing political humor. I quit judging people. 
I, I, I don't even throw my, I don't even do self-deprecating humor anymore because I'm not going to throw myself under the bus to get a laugh. Nobody gets harmed or injured. If you were to look at my uh, TripAdvisor and Yelp reviews, that's one of the predominant positive things they say about me, that I treat everybody with kindness and respect. And I still get the laughs, you know, but it's right. been a long growing process, you know. So I'm not snarky anymore. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission every day, every day. I try to become more today than what I was yesterday. I'm an eternal spiritual being. I always was, I am now and always will be. And why am I here? I'm here to become more like my loving creator, to become more loving, more giving, more forgiving, more wise, more compassionate, more empathetic, more sympathetic, you know? And, and that's what I try to do every day, to become, to unfold and become more of, uh, of the goodness, you know? That's awesome. Man. It, it's a beautiful story. That's a beautiful uh, uh, origin as well. Whew. <laughs> You're a gift, brother. I love it. I'm so well, glad that I that we did this. Well, um, uh, I, my, the gifts of my life keep coming, and your your uh, your friendship in my life uh, is one of those new gifts and blessings. And I'm grateful to have you in my life, Stuart. I really am. My gratitude as well. Um, before we before we end this recording, um, what would you like to tell people to do to get in contact, or where would you like to send people who are listening? Well, you know something. You know, I I have nothing to hustle, nothing to sell. <laughs> you know, I uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I just people keep saying you know you should do this and you should do that. I'm not trying to monetize on the internet right now. I see everybody else trying to do that. And, uh, uh, you know, my website is konakozy.com. You know, that's where you can see my, the, the, see the show, you know, uh, uh, information about the show. You can reach me through there. You know, my email address is cozy, K-O-Z-Y, at konakozy.com. And there's all the gallery um, info there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get me up on Facebook. Paul Kozak is my real name. They call me Cozy since I was a little boy, you know. I had to rebrand myself here, you know. I, I realized when I got here, our tourists don't want to see this guy from L.A. or Vegas. You know, they want to see something Hawaiian. So I rebranded myself as Kona Cozy Comedy Magic Show. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kona Cozy sounds great. It works. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Thank you. Well, thank you, Stuart. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it would be nice to hear from people. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and, you know, I'm on all the social media platforms, but I don't hustle anything. I'm, I'm social. <laughs> this is what I am. I'm social that's, on social media. Well, I know from, from listening to you, people are going to want more. So that's good. And, uh, hopefully someday they go to Hawaii and they see your show. I hope so. that would be, that would be lovely. Anyway. All right, buddy. I love you.
And that is our show for today. Episode 24. Thank you for coming here and being with us. And uh, while he, he doesn't hustle anything and he's not touting any wares, I'm sure you could purchase a interesting, powerful shell necklace or something like that, or a painting at his gallery. Um, but I'm not going to st- stave off of the hustle, because uh, this is a part of how I make a living, is getting the word out there, the things that I do and the things that I create. So if you're interested in uh, purchasing a book, you can look up Stuart Palm at lulu.com or find my book on Pendulum Magic on Amazon. But, you know, I prefer you go to Lulu because the kickback from Amazon is not very good. Um, although, man, they are one of the only things in the world right now that's booming. And I hope they're starting... I hope they get the drift that they need to treat their people better. And I hope those people get treated better. I, uh, I'm not an Amazon person. I don't order stuff from them. I don't, I don't normally involve myself with that. But, um, what else? What else can you find from me? You can go on my, uh, if you, if you're interested in, uh, having a reading and things like that, go to stuartpalm.com. That's T-U-A-R-T-P-A-L-M.com. There's a podcast button on there that'll show you where all of the episodes of Mysterious World are. Uh, which you can also get to by going to mysteriousworldpodcast.com. Um, follow me on the Instagram at Psychic Entertainer and at Third Sight Studio. And you can find me on Facebook. Just look for Stuart Palm, you'll find me. I hope you're all staying well. I hope you are learning and developing and loving and uh, being well. Just being well. The uh, this silly little commercial in the middle of the show, that's my mindlessness meditation is a thing I'm offering it um, over the internet, over Zoom meditation practice. Um, so you can look out for that. Or you can contact me if you want to be involved. I also do that with companies and corporations. And uh, if you uh, are part of a company or corporation that you know is going to have some form of online forum, event, presentation. Um, I do speaking engagements and I do entertainment over Zoom. So there's an option for you. Pass it on, please. And thank you if you do. My thanks to you all for being here. I'm going to let the muses take us out. And you can look forward to some cool content in the next week. I will post on Facebook uh, what my next interview will be. I'm not sure which one it's going to be now. I've got a couple that are coming that I'm going to be doing soon. Um, The world is healing. Things are getting better. Take a breath of spring air. Let the sun shine in. And my love to you all. Blessed be.
up high There's a place that I heard of Once in a lullaby Somewhere over the rainbow Skies are blue And a dream that you dare to dream Really do come true Someday I wish upon a star To wake up where the clouds are far behind me where troubles melt like lemon drops Away among the chimney tops That's where you'll find me Somewhere over the rainbow Bluebirds fly Birds fly over the rainbow Why? Tell me why can't I? If happy little bluebirds fly Over the rainbow, why? Oh, why can't I?